0: Welcome to the A-Dub Club, a podcast about sci-fi, fantasy, technology, pop culture, the internet, and general nerdery. There are three things that are important to know. One, we occasionally use swear words, but try to stay in the range of PG-13, or at least the kind of R that cool parents are fine with. Two, we may talk spoilers. In this particular episode, we primarily discuss the whole concept of top ten lists, but we also mention The Shape of Water, Aquaman, and Barack Obama's year-end list, so be warned. And finally, three, most importantly... The premiere of The Shape of Water took place in the same theater in which the movie was shot. With that out of the way, welcome to the Clubhouse. We have snacks. Welcome to the a Club. My name is Andrew Whipple. My name is Alex Wade. And we're live. From, from, from Whipple's the basement. basement. From the basement. This is the second one that we've done down here in the basement because we did another one. Oh, hey, it's been a year. This thing has existed for a year
1: as oh of now. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. High five. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. They said it couldn't be done. Um, or more accurately, they said sh- it shouldn't be done. Yeah. Um, but we did. Both those
1: are lies. No one said anything.
0: Morial said <laughs> something. Kind of like did she? something along the lines of like, Oh my god, why? Um <laughs> Wow. Okay. I seem to recall. That might have been an earlier attempt though when we tried to like redo something. I think I think we yeah, when we were mentioned I don't know. I don't know. We're coming for you, Moriel. Yeah. It's yeah. personal now.
1: Be on the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We made it to a year. That's cool. Yeah. I think we did um Isn't at it... least every two months. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think we were in the neighborhood of like nine, ten episodes. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And some of them were even good. Um yeah. But this week, uh, we are getting into the holiday spirit, the year-end spirit, uh, and asking the question, are top 10 lists a good way to critique art? Judgment is always in season. Judgment is always in season. That is true. Um, yeah. So this is something that I was thinking about. I, It's the end of the year, and being flooded with top 10 lists of movies, top 10 lists of music um like top 10 lists in every single even i've seen like oh what are the top 10 like media moments or top 10 politics stories stuff like that that like uh you just cannot be anywhere online without seeing someone tweeting about their top 10 list even and, uh barack obama tweeted that's top true. 10 movie list he did just do that today uh yeah. i noticed game night and suspirio were nowhere on that list which is upsetting but okay Um uh, not night a, oh, game night's a great movie we, I'm keeping this in the edit no matter what. Everyone should go watch the movie Game Night. But you oh should go God. watch the movie Game Night expecting it not to be a great movie and then be really surprised when it's one of your favorite movies you've ever seen. That's okay. To, that's <laughs> the you have to do it. Well, then you spoiled it for me. <laughs> yeah, but you you probably don't actually believe it in the back of your mind that nope. it really is the greatest. Not really in the slightest. Fine. It looks really um, shitty. Exactly, but it's great. Genuinely phenomenal. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I So you see all these lists that are coming through. And uh, I'm always sort of... Of two minds about them because on the one hand, it's a fun way to read. It's fun to get to read some of these lists and see what some people are thinking about, see what smart people think about what are the good movies this year. Um, it's an easy, convenient way to package information. But at the same time, it's an easy, convenient way to package all that information. It's distilling a whole year's worth of great movies into eh, here's a ranked list where this one's number one and this one's worse by yeah. bit, and and I don't know how to feel about it.
1: I feel negatively about top ten lists okay. um <laughs> I personally never give uh I hate superlatives in general, and by that mm. I mean like uh. My favorite or the best or – well, my favorite book is – but that's – besides the point, anyway. Hey, uh, but I usually like to phrase things like, oh, this is in my top five, um, like, favorite, favorite – uh, for this year, it would be, like, top five favorite movies of the year. It would be – they would be unordered. So, like, I wouldn't have a number one, for okay. example. Um, but besides that, uh, I think top ten lists kind of – are lazy and usually people will start debating about the minutia of like oh no this one was so much better than that one it's like seven and eight and it's like okay sure maybe dig into a little bit more what what about it reads as lazy to you a lot of these things are not comparable so top 10 movies of 2018 um that is way too broad there are however many genres that all those movies are in, like, yeah, I mean, I think that definitely
0: that getting at this sort of like, I'm of two minds thing is like, yeah, I think that's, that is one of the key critiques of the, of the ranked list in particular, or of doing any sort of comparison like that. Um, That, yeah. How do you, how do you compare two movies that do completely different things and, and are, have wildly different aims to them. Um, At the same time, that's part of the thing that kind of intrigues me and why I also like, so I'm also coming at this from the perspective of I really like to make top ten lists. Like that's a way that my brain sure. works and it's a fun thing for me to do. And part of it is exactly that thing of like, okay, uh, is, uh, oh, let me see, like A Star is Born, comparing A Star is Born to Suspiria, which are totally different movies that do totally different types of things. How do I consider one as better than the other or different than the other? And uh, yeah. It, I don't know. Uh but at the same time, I, I I definitely I think there is sort of an element of, at least when I'm making my own uh ratings list, that I lean a little bit too heavily into that favorite idea of like favorite versus best, yeah. as sort of a way to cop out from that exact critique that you lay is that like it's easier for me to say this is my favorite compared to, I liked this one more than this one, because that's kind the of the only just one a- who can determine that as you exactly and, no can and say you're wrong and that's usually yeah. something that like i have a grasp on and it's pretty clear for me to be able to say between these two movies i liked this one more even if it's i like this one like five percent more yeah that's a thing that i can pick up on um in a way that i can't necessarily pick up on like this one is five percent better of a movie than the other one yeah um so so yes yeah, so i don't know i think that that that's definitely a critique that i'm sensitive to and a critique that sort of folds into when i make like year end top 10 lists and things like that or top 10 lists in any other
1: circumstance okay i i don't know there's just a my my opinion of this is really formed by there was an article written by kotaku that was talking about how they don't they don't rate games anymore. Mm, okay. They don't give uh, they don't give rankings to games. So I'm not going to say like 7 out of 10 yeah. or, or whatever, right? They will give either a thumbs up or a thumbs down on like you should play this or you shouldn't play this. And they'll give a list of reasons and pros and cons. And really what you're supposed to do is like read the fucking article, you dumbass. Um, but I've kind of very – latched on to this uh, analysis of art of like it's very hard to to compare and rank things what am i trying to say with this
0: yes but bad improv there uh (laughs) yes but i i i maybe I'll, i'll i'll do a little bit more of the defending of the of the idea of the ranked list um i do think that's kind of the fun of it sometimes of uh, in, in counterpoint maybe to what I just said previously of, of like all the ways that I'm susceptible to your critique around um, and the general critique around like ranking and comparing things that are inherently incomparable. There is something kind of fun about doing that futile exercise about thinking of A Star is Born and Suspiria in the same breath and, and being like, yeah. these are two totally weird, varying poles. What are the ways that they're similar and the ways that they're different and the ways that they belong in a conversation with each other? Um Though I think there is an open question as to whether or not a ranked list is the best way to do that. Um, yeah, that I,
1: I, I don't know. I, I think a ranked list, a ranked list alone without context, I just hate. It says nothing. Yeah. Okay, something that going back to Kotaku, uh, which really frames a lot of my opinions on how to view video game art and such. So they do a couple of things. They have top 10 lists by each individual writer, mm-hmm. which I really like that. I really like that these are my favorite games that I played in the past year. Yeah, these are my top 10, right? Yeah, that makes it personal. That shows that whether or not a game is better or worse is isn't really subject or, or objective. it's subjective based off of what you take the most pleasure and joy in. So that was one thing that I really like about Kotaku. Another thing is they have satire articles that say, like, top 10 objective video games of all time, period. Or okay. just a list of 10, 10 things, insert noun here. And yeah. then it'll just be an article where it's 10 things in a row. And then at the end, it'll be like, that's it. This is fact. And it's, like, clearly satire. There you go. But that's that's kind of the point, is it's being, like, top 10 lists are ridiculous and you you can't subjectively have the best 10 things period there's a guy called david reese who
0: um has done a lot of like assorted odd projects over the years uh had a tv show out of a period of time um Became an artisanal pencil, sh- pencil sharpener um, for a period of time. Had a really, really great podcast uh, in in 2016 that unfortunately yep. is no longer uh, in existence um, mm. called Election Profit Makers. Um, but one of the other things that he does every year is he does his uh, a whole series of year-end top 10 lists. Um, and let me pick one that I think is good to... Uh, exemplify the kind of uh good stuff that one would uh, experience in a david reese top 10 list give me a moment here's the list of the top 10 television shows of 2018 10 sci-fi shows 9 sitcoms 8 murders 7 live televised events 6 tie incredible dramas and shows about animals 5 educational programming 4 high budget shows 3 did you see that TV show everyone was talking about? Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Two, binge-worthy shows. One, the, the Emmys. Oh, what? Okay, bad
1: number one right there.
0: Bad number one. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, very in keeping with the Kotaku style of doing less yeah. making. Uh, satire, he does, that, <laughs> he does that every year.
1: Yes, it it is
0: entirely, entirely. Great satire. satire. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think... Jumping out from the realm of satire. I mean well the some of the stuff this stuff is satirizing is that sort of over the top and, and uh that uh, quote unquote objectivity yeah. of a year end list, of a top ten list of saying like no such thing. this is uh, that this is oh the lay of the land and this is exactly how Bullshit. things how things are and You can poke fun about that by making a list of television shows where, (laughs) like, number three is great TV shows. It's like, well, yeah, okay, Um, but I I think that there is something that's interesting that that I kind of want to pick apart from what you're talking about with like what you like about Kotaku is that each writer does their own top ten list. Is I think. A lot of the pushback and a lot of the areas where, like, ranked lists can come into uh, – can can be problematic or can, can have a negative effect is around, like, how is this list being presented and how is this list being used by its audience? Yeah. Um, and I think that really gets into when you're starting to think about things like uh, the – AFI top 100 list of films mm. or or some of these things that are a little bit more trying to say here's the authoritative view of what is the best based on these people that are quote unquote experts in their, exactly. in their field right. uh, has a very different flavor from yeah I'm just a one writer for one video game blog and these are just the 10 games that I like to play the most.
1: Yeah I I really like the idea of if like you and I were to create a top 10 list of I don't know. Maybe that's – we'll figure that out. I mean, hey. <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> um, top top 10 of 2018. I think that the – the putting something on like a personal level is really what makes it cool. And mm-hmm. for example, um, uh, I want to bring out Shape of Water, which I don't know if I've ever actually talked about that on the show or to you ever.
0: I seem to vaguely recall, but let's roll with it real
1: Shape of Water, did it win the Oscar yes, for Best Picture? Yes, it won Picture? Best Picture. Yeah, that pissed me the fuck off. Um, hmm. Anyway, what? how I feel about that movie is it was great on every single level. Great acting, great production, great style, great whatever, except for the story. Okay. Which makes me give the movie like a B plus because uh-huh. I really enjoyed a lot of aspects of it. But it just felt boring as hell, cliche, did not like, did not enjoy, right? Why am I bringing this up? Yes, please tell me. So I, I'd give Shape of Water like a B plus because it hit so many things right, but did this one huge thing really, really wrong. Sure. Right? Um, but that is, this is kind of going out of the list realm of just like rating art in general. Okay. Of like... I think things should be more on, like, calibers or or playing fields. So, like, the best films of all time, I don't think there should be a list of the top ten best films of all time. I think there should be, like, a A-level movie, for example, and then you can compare those movies. reason why – I don't know why I bring up Shape of Water for this, but that's, like, a B-level movie for me. Okay. I I
0: I I think that makes sense in so far as like it um, gets at one problem of a type of of ranking and rating, which is that like there's it only it doesn't there, solve it. You're yeah, right, and well, I don't think because well, in particular yeah. what I was going to say is that it gets it gets at one of the one of the problems that exists within like ways that different people rank things, which is like if you have too narrow like video game scores in particular are notorious for a lot of them do things on like not even a 10 point scale it'll be like this is a 9.7 movie or something Ugh. like or a game or something like that which first no, like, up just make it have 100 man come on should, yes one that but two like um it sounds like the, the thing that you're doing about like broadening out to tears is more just about like let's acknowledge the imprecise nature of any sort of ranking and rating and build that into the system do something closer to like the Roger and the, the, the Ebert, uh, two thumbs up kind of scale or like a five star scale kind of thing like that, rather than going for something that's like very precise or the other side thing that pisses me off about like video game ratings is that by adding the decimal point, it makes it sound like it's a lot more official and precise than it is. Yes. Uh, which is ridiculous. Um, And but so so that I think that deals with like one aspect of something that goes wrong with the way that people like rank and rate art in general. Um, I don't think it tackles the overall issue that you seem to be having, which is more around the like um, issues regarding the subjectivity of art in general. Subjectivity and objectivity as the like two sides of the same coin. Sure. Um, Yeah. That like even if you have more broad categories of we're going to have all these are in the bucket of a films and all these are in the bucket of B films, et cetera. Um, that doesn't get at that issue of like, what are the kinds of things that like I think is an a film that you think is a C film and vice versa. Um, yeah, I think that
1: I get that. <sighs> that still doesn't get at the core issue of, of getting it. Oh, what, you know, what, of what makes a versus B versus C films, But I think it does help guide the conversation. Okay. It does help give you um, frame of references for for movies and stuff like that. Of Like, oh, I think this is an A movie. Like, A-plus movie. Fucking off the charts. Like, I hope it gets an Oscar of Mm -hmm. some kind, right? Um, And having it being rankings kind of distills that down that that quick look at something of like oh if you're looking if you want to be having a book of top 100 movies but that's all it is it's not ranked 100 movies it's the top 100 movies and then like rankings on them or some shit mm. okay interesting i know rating art is hard and impossible it is yeah um
0: that's what makes it art there is one element of this that i think we haven't talked about Which I think is, for me, the place where, like, ratings and rankings really shine. Or... Let me take a step back. I think the two things that ratings and rankings like do a really good job at um, or can do a really good job at if messaged and thought of in the right way are, one, what you were talking about when thinking about like uh, the, the Kotaku example of this can be a window into someone's opinions and the way that they think about and process yeah. um, art. Uh, now, I do think, is that something that can be done without that's something that necessarily needs a ranking or a rating in order to do it that 's something that you can get through a review or um, any other method of expressing here are my thoughts and reactions to a piece of art. Um, yeah a ranking or review is just or a rating is like one way of doing that, but it's not the only way of doing that. so I think one thing that's one thing that like rankings and ratings can do well is give you an insight into a specific Person, or even if we're talking about something like AFI or um, like Rolling Stone, or if Kotaku did a Kotaku ranked list of their top ten games rather than doing individual ones, that still tells you something about what does Kotaku as an entity think about. Sure. Um, so that the other thing that I do think um, specifically ranked lists and specifically year-end ranked lists can do is uh, highlight things that you think other people should experience it can be an opportunity which i think talking about the barack obama list i think that's a big part of why he makes this list is his saying like hey everyone likes me and like millions of people follow me i'm gonna say a bunch of movies that i think you should go watch because guess what a lot of people are gonna go watch the movies now that barack obama told them to watch it and even more so i think when like thinking about books and stuff like that that aren't less part of the pop culture conversation the way that um uh, mm-hmm. like movies and, and other forms of media are yeah. um and i think i don't know that that's definitely something that thinks i think about in my head look a couple hundred people follow me on twitter so it's, i'm not saying that i'm actually making any impact but like when i make my year-end lists of movies and, and of podcasts and especially of podcasts, that's something that i i think about is like what's the stuff that um I'll I'll put a little bit more thought into the things that I really, really liked, but don't see on a lot of other people's lists because there's an off chance that maybe someone's gonna go listen to this podcast now that yeah. someone else told them to listen to it. Well
1: So I guess what 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 I, I want to say in response to that is like where what is the conception yeah. of like ranked lists? I guess maybe not that. Like what is the purpose really of ranked lists? Like what mm. do you see as Yeah. Do you see as as going and seeing that this person feels the same way that you do about films? Or is it like, oh, hey, I need to go see a movie right now. I want to go see a movie right now. And there's this person who's like, oh, this is number one is like top 10 rank list for this year. I should go see it. Interesting. That's actually a very good question. I think for me,
0: this is actually a good point because I only really consume year end lists of things that i'm interested in thinking about critically if that makes sense so like i especially you know i i like to not just listen to music but like think about music and think about it as a uh, you know amateur critic but uh course, but like from a critical perspective same thing for film same thing for podcasts um i and and so those art forms are the ones that I read top 10 lists from. Um, and I think for me, my purpose of engaging with it as an audience member of the lists is, oh, I want to see what smart people think. And I want to read a ton of different lists. And I want to see what a bunch of different people think about and then use that. More just that I want to consume that sort of criticism in an easy format. Um, less that I specifically want to go find a movie to watch or I want to... Uh, that's more of a happy byproduct. Um, as someone who makes lists, um, which I can't even plug my thread because my Twitter account's private, but I have a big right. thread of like 15 different top X lists that I made this year. Um... Uh, I think for me, it's more just like this is a fun intellectual exercise that I like to do to think back on what's the stuff that I consume this year and try and put it together into some sort of uh, consumable, digestible form. So that's yeah. a good point. Because So basically, by turning the tables back on me, I'm realizing I neither produce nor consume lists in the ways that I just talked about as being the things that I <laughs> <make> them- <laughs> That's good. Which, that's a fun little revelation to, 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 to have your... <laughs> Your your big screed on the purpose of, of ranked rankless uh tossed back at
1: you. Oh boy. <laughs> um Okay, so to kinda switch gears a little bit, um I want to talk about different aspects of art. Okay. And different like parts that you enjoy in a movie or or art or play or blah 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 and other parts you don't. Mm-hmm. So when you're ranking a film or thinking about a film, you can be like, "Oh, this has really good production value, or this has really good uh action scenes like I just saw Aquaman recently, yeah, and I was not a fan interesting i'm I really want to go see it. <laughs> I' um, heard really good things. I had heard really good things too, and the story just seemed kind of silly and okay. thrown in there, and every time they were talking, I was like. Why? I don't care. Hmm. Um, and the origin story was very much like, "Ooh, we're gonna go into an origin story now." Yeah, and I'm also very sick of origin stories. Like, fair, fair. I, and this one was. I will say though, I don't bland as hell. I don't actually know Aquaman's origin story. I know nothing about Aquaman as a character, the, so that helps. The, the The Queen spoilers for Aquaman that's revealed in the first like five minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. The Queen left her uh betrothed uh to go onto land and fucked a lighthouse operator chill married married a lighthouse operator (laughs) um but uh in terms of like rating this movie like what i really really liked about it was like all the action scenes and the costumes and the cool concepts for the different kinds of fish people that existed in the world Mm -hmm. um So, like, when it comes to action movie and that kind of thing, I rate it higher. But in terms of, like, story and other aspects of the film, it didn't work as much in that regards. Yeah. I'm kind of curious about your thoughts on, like, evaluating a movie based off of each of its different pieces and, and considering it as a whole versus piecemeal, you know? Yeah. I think... I take the approach generally when I'm thinking
0: about art and whether like, you know, doing an actual rating on, on letterbox or something like that, or just like thinking about it in terms of a conversation where it ranks in my own mental list of stuff. Um, I think my, uh, I sort of take the approach of, um, thinking about what is the sum that is made up of all these different parts. Um, and, and sort of taking that perspective, uh, again I tend to vibe more with like how much did I like or resonate with it and even then that will vary in different ways of like yeah I may uh, the way that I resonate with a horror movie is different than the way that I resonate with a comedy different than the way I resonate with like a best picture Oscar drama yeah. kind of thing and it doesn't necessarily make one better than the other Um, but sort of yeah trying to take like that overall picture and then Use that to sort of get a baseline of where I'm sort of feeling about a thing and then thinking a little more deeply on like, okay, I guess, yeah, I try to back solve from my reaction to it and say, um, was this caused by how it did a really great job in the action stuff when that, yeah. but did a not great job in the story and, and sort of more using, using those things to, ju- to explain what my reaction was regardless um, but doing the rating based on that reaction, if that makes sense, doing the rating based on the reaction. So it'd be, it's more of like, oh, I really like this movie. Didn't really like this movie, kind of like this movie, etc. And then having my, now once I've had my reaction, then thinking back to like, well, the reason why I really liked this movie was because it did all of these things great. Or the yeah. reason why I only kind of like this movie was. Did this part great, but that part bad? Um, or the reason why I really like this movie was it did this part great, this part great, this part bad, but I didn't care about that part, I, and yeah. or those parts were so much better than this other part. Um, rather than going the other direction of analyzing the constituent parts and using that to build up to my overall feeling, yeah. I do my overall feeling and then figure out how I got
1: there. I think based on looking at the overall the parts. way how everyone uh, does it in the sense yeah. of like like you can't, you don't. Unless you're like a fucking scholar or something, you're not analyzing the pieces and then how you feel about it. Sure, sure. And even then, like, when you go back through, I feel like that's what everyone does the first time they see something is they they get a feeling about it and then they analyze it, you know? Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I I think one thing is,
0: like, uh, (sighs) AW Club Bingo. Bingo like context matters to everything um <laughs> yeah uh and, and i think a lot of it is also thinking about like what is the context in which you are rating or or providing criticism for a piece of art um you'll have i think you'll be looking at different aspects and weighting different aspects differently if you are trying to say hey what's the f- what's the best horror movie of all time? What horror movie should I go watch? Or if you're saying, hey, my kid really loved these movies, what should I go send them off to see? Or, hey, I want to go see something this weekend. What's in theaters that you would recommend? Interesting. Like, those are different contexts that would change the way that I would weight um, various aspects of the movie. Um, Like, I care more. I, I will put more stock into how scary a movie is if it's a list of horror movies, for instance, or talking sure. to someone who I know is a huge fan of horror movies.
1: Yeah. So it's more like... Uh, club bingo, I'm talking about horror movies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, I think it's more about this, the subjectivity of, of each aspect of the movie. So like Aquaman, for example, uh, my family, we will go see any and every action movie that is out. Just because, like, that's that's what we do. We like action movies. It's nice, simple, easy fun. You can turn your brain off and be like, ooh, explosion, cool. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, whenever there's the argument of, like, oh, seeing a CGI, the next big CGI fight, it's like, oh, all you're doing is seeing some, huge CGI fight, I'm like, yeah, so it's still a fucking awesome, cool CGI fight. Yeah. Also, there's a way to do those well and way to do those badly. Yeah. Like, you can do a really good, awesome, giant
0: CGI fight. Yes. Uh, you can also do a really bad CGI fight.
1: People complain, it's like, oh, I don't want to see CGI anymore. It's like, well, then, screw you. Like, yeah. But, no, it's not that people
0: don't want to see CGI, it's that people don't want to see bad CGI. Uh, yeah. Which is fair. Like, I don't want to see bad CGI,
1: but do I want to see, say, yeah. Um, But... But yeah, but we'll see any action moves. Like, I'm glad we saw Aquaman. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I saw it once. Cool. I will never see it again. Cool. But like the action scenes were really cool. And like, you know, that's 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 more than I get from some movies, you know. Sure. Personally. Now, if I was someone else who like, you know, got really into rom coms or something and was Which you should, they're great. You know, honestly, I've been considering it lately. Like, I saw oh, what is started seeing like half of love actually well you should watch good rom-coms oh
0: I f- <laughs> fucking hate love actually I finally watched it for the first time like three years ago my senior year of high school or not college, senior year of college uh and like I was sitting there with a couple friends like half of the group was mouthing along the words and loved it so much and then there was, I was in the other half of the group that hadn't seen it before and we're like this is really it this is bad
1: oh it's not good actually so that's fun <laughs> Okay. Well, I guess not that one then. Um, I had started seeing it, and for some reason, I wanted to like see rom com. It was like on in the background, perfectly, was... perfectly acceptable on in the background movie. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> it means that you're not actually watching the movie because it's bad. But but uh, even again
0: with all that like artist subjective and blah blah blah. If you like love, actually, I guess you can add you're me. Fucking
1: wrong. I guess you can't actually add me because my Twitter is private. But whatever. <laughs> Um yeah, but but going and seeing your own movies that you you like yourself is really a huge part of it. Of like yeah. if you want to go see some latest animated kids movie because you got like two 7-year-olds, like that's obviously what you're going to go see. Mm-hmm. And because they love it because they're fucking 7 years old. Yep. Um even if subjectively or objectively, whatever, I've forgotten the meaning of those two words. I've seen them so many times now in this episode um that it might be a bad movie, like the one with Oprah was apparently it still made a lot of money because young people saw it yeah so here's an interesting thing actually i like
0: so i think in general to some all the various threads that we've had they all sort of come down to this idea of we're both on the opinion that we are more interested in ratings and or we think that ratings and rankings and the ways that you critique art is by and large inherently subjective and yeah. we appreciate when things are presented and treated as such that like if it's going to be yes. subjective anyway, like be clear that it's subjective. Don't pull, a, pull a Kotaku, say that it is this writer's top ten favorites rather than trying to pass it off as being something more objective. Separately, I'm curious because you did talk about how like, oh, well, objectively this I think that was Wrinkle in Time was the one that, yeah. that Oprah was in. Bad that movie. was like objectively a bad movie. Yeah, I did say that. Well, yeah, I, I, but I'm curious because that's definitely something that I think about too. And and, and like, like how do we ever get to that point where we're talking about something that like what goes into saying that something is objectively good or bad. Um, And
1: I think a, what are your thoughts on that? uh, I think a technically nothing is objectively bad or good. Okay. Um, But uh, that's bullshit. And that's just like a, Pedance way of saying something. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do think there are things that are truly awful and like everyone agrees that they are awful pieces of art. Okay. You so know, so I could see sort of two ways around it. I could see one which and I
0: think both are true to a degree, um, and because language is imprecise, both of them are used interchangeably all the time. So one of them is exactly what you said of like when we say something is objectively good or objectively bad, that is sometimes shorthand for the majority of people subjectively yes. found it good or bad. That's so what objective I mean. just means like greater than X percent of people liked it or didn't like it yeah, or had this subjective experience, which I think is totally true. I'm curious if there is also like getting into things that are, is there stuff that is like A way of thinking about things that are objectively bad, like how to categorize those things that like seem like they're bad, but still a lot of people like them. Where it's like subjectively, they like people like if you only treat, quote unquote, objectively bad and good as greater than X percent of people subjectively felt they were bad or good. Yeah. I feel like that doesn't totally capture it may, or maybe it does totally capture things, I and mean, I'd be more helpful if I came up with an example of it. But reality things are like um, reality television, reality television, yeah, <laughs> um, objectively bad. Yeah. So what about it? Makes, what, about, what, what makes? Yeah. I, let's Let's explore that. What makes
1: reality television uh, objectively bad? I think I think what makes a reality television objectively bad is its purpose. Okay. In that, it is not aiming to be good content
0: mm-hmm.
1: it is not mm-hmm. aiming to be good content in that what you watch on the screen is so shitty and just like stupid and mind driveling that it, it, it is just bad it is objectively bad mm-hmm. people people mm-hmm. will watch it and say mm-hmm. that's bad mm. people who enjoy watching it say that it's bad
0: okay uh, yeah, I could. Yeah, I could see that. That I think that makes sense.
1: But bad and addictive are not mutually exclusive. Sure, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and I also think, that, like, again,
0: unfortunately, <laughs> to put you, to you put an even finer point on it, that like a lot of this also comes from just massive overloading of terms of like. Um, there's a lot of different things that people mean when they say something is bad, but they're all wrapped up into the word bad. The same thing for good. A lot of different things that people mean when they say something is good. Um, That like you will have people that say like, oh, it's such a good reality TV show. It's so bad. Like the same person could say that same thing about the same show and mean very different things about both of them because language is imprecise. Um, I think maybe one other aspect I'm I'm now starting to think about like kind of that so bad it's good um genre of movie and art of there are some things that are aspects of the art form that are like pure craft parts of the art form that you could objectively do a bad job at those so like an edward uh The Room, uh, Birdemic, things like that, where it's like, objectively, you are doing a bad job at the things that you would be taught in a film school, but it becomes entertaining in this other sort of way, Um, ineffably, maybe not fully ineffably, probably someone smarter than me can analyze exactly why people like The Room, despite the fact that it's bad. Um, But I think maybe that's the one other aspect of it, is that like there's... um, there's that badness of purpose, even if it's hey, getting back to all the stuff we talked about last time. Badness of purpose, even though it's technically well executed, yeah. badness of execution in terms of like objective skills and crafts that go into making art, um, even if it's pure of purpose. Yeah. Um Yeah. Cool. I mean, that I don't know. We kind of talked about a lot of different things. And we but I think we're kind of on a similar page in general on like Criticism yeah. is subjective, and it's good when it says that it is.
1: I think I've gained an appreciation for top ten lists. Oh, all right. But that's only because, like, I feel that they aren't necessarily useless anymore, but that they still purport to be a lot more that they are. Mm, but I, yeah. I do think that they, you know, do creating them like you do, or reading other people's specifically um is something useful to do and and gives a good perspective on your own thoughts and art and makes you critically think about what you're doing there
0: you go yeah and, and i think that's my general feeling on most criticism in general um is that like criticism other people critiquing art is really valuable in the sense that it gives you a way to think more deeply about your own criticism and reactions to art um and and yeah, I guess lists are just one way to do it. One pretty easy to package way to do yeah. it. Um, and and that's cool. Go Me. lists. Go what lists? no yay lists! <laughs> yay lists! Everyone likes a list. I can't even plug my my good list of lists because it's all on Twitter and that's private. Um, speaking of Twitters that are not private, you can follow us on Twitter at the A W club. That's T H E A W C L U um, B. I'm bad at tweeting on that account. So I'm going to start doing sorry. That. Yeah, please do literally tweet whenever I don't care. Um, we have like three followers, so go for it. Um, you can also email us at the A W w club at gmail.com that's t-h-e-a-w-c-l-u-b uh you can email us your thoughts on lists you can email us your lists of i don't know whatever i'll i'll, I'll take a list Yeah. Why not? Um, Top you, two favorite A-dubs. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can follow, uh, no, those are the places you can. Oh, you can find. also find us at theadub.club. That's T H E A D U B dot C L U B. There you can also find our topics guide. Um, if you are new to the Adub Club and want to find an episode on a particular topic, you can go there and click through and uh, see which are the ones where we talked about various Avengers movies and death. You can uh, find us on iTunes, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. Those are the same thing. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify. One person has found us on Spotify, but I haven't actually checked in like two months, so I don't know. Um, and I believe that is all the places wherein we exist. And we are happy that you listened to us for a whole year if any single one of you did that. If yeah. not, you've got a whole year to co- catch back on. But it's fun. I'm, I'm actually really glad that like this is one of the rare projects that I've done that have actually kind of sustained itself to a degree, yeah.
1: which is cool. For the past... Ten, Jesus Christ! Ten years? Seven years? Ten years?
0: Seven years? No, we haven't been doing it for ten years because we only did it like end of high school. Yeah, yeah. so the the overall existence of the A Club has yeah. been at least six years, maybe seven.
1: I don't think we went more than a year without doing it. Yes, maybe we did. Maybe I don't know. We came close, probably, yeah. but it's gonna be now until we're dead. Yep, it's gonna be Which, if you listen to the last. Episode or maybe two or three episodes ago. Like six episodes six ago. Six episodes ago. We're not going to die. So. And I think that's all. 8 up, club out. 8 up, club out.
0: find the one on art from this from
1: 2018
0: uh hmm. where is it where is it where is it where is it
1: what's the name of the fish movie with caramel De Toro? shape of water thank you that's gonna come into play
0: okay I got a lot of things about that. uh can i not find the art list okay i'll do the i'll do the politics list so um i'm trying to decide do i read the whole thing because it's a long preamble that's very good, but also it's long. I'm going to do it, and then we can cut out the preamble if it ends up not being good, and just go to the list. So I'll leave myself a nice edit point so this is david david i keep saying david sims uh he's a host of a podcast that i really like uh this is david reese's best of 2018 politics list so you can get a sense of uh of where he comes in with his his uh best politics of 2018 so let me read here's his his like preamble to start it out with politics can be man's highest calling or the dirtiest business known to man and this is in bold sometimes it can be both in 2018, we saw the heights and depths to which politics, for man as a political animal, can ascend or descend, too. Indeed, <laughs> this was a whirlwind year for domestic, international, and local politics. In the political arena, each citizen has a voice. And during 2018, all our voices were raised as one, together as an American chorus, singing that old, familiar tune, Democracy. Democracy all caps and bold. It's pretty interesting when you think about it. Politics is the art of the possible, and any citizen can make a name for him or herself by entering politics. Does that mean the art of the possible lies dormant within each of us? Sounds hard to believe, but it's true. And that's why, no matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, at the end of the day, we're all Americans and we love politics. Because who knows what's possible? Everyone can get along if they have the same values. In the spirit of democracy, let's put aside our partisan difference, come together, and cast our ballots unanimously for the top ten political stories of 2018. Okay. Ten stunning political developments. Nine political outreach. Eight bipartisanship. S- seven voting. Six. According to my thesis, the tax cut plan will affect the economy in many ways. Five. Let's put aside our politics. Four. Tie. The president will make an announcement, and House of Representatives on C-SPAN. Three. Can we find a solution? Two. Inspiring political stories. One. Ask not what about your country.
1: What the hell? Yep. Uh, Whoa. Top ten. That's it. Yeah.